Let's turn, let's, we'll start out in Psalm 90, Psalm 90, read some verses from there, Psalm 90, and we'll read verses 12 through 17, Psalm 90, verses 12 through 17, <coughs> say this in the Word of God, Psalm 90, verse 12, so teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children. That's a nice thought right there, isn't it? It says, let it your... your uh, uh, work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. Amen. Lord, bless us and amen. Save some for the next generation. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness of your people that are here tonight and uh, those that are listening in. Lord, we pray you just uh, uh, bless them. Lord, we do think about, again, these prayer requests, the spiritual, the physical, the financial, and other needs, Lord, and uh, things that are upon people's hearts. Perhaps there were some things that weren't mentioned tonight, but Lord, there's still a burden. They're still upon people's hearts. They're still upon people's minds. There's still needs. And Lord, you know, Lord, we commit those things to you as well. Uh, Lord, we uh, uh, thank you for the praises that we heard tonight. And Lord, uh, what a, a wonderful thing that is, dear God, just to uh, hear you uh, working and uh, meeting needs. And Lord, help us ever, Lord, to rest in your faithfulness. And Lord, we just thank you for being a good God like we sang about tonight. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. Thank you that we can have that personal aspect, a wonderful Savior to me. <laughs> So, Lord, uh, help us uh, as we look into the Word of God, continue to teach us. And, Lord, may each uh, person be encouraged tonight. And may Jesus be glorified, for it's in His name we pray. Amen. So uh, that verse 12 said, uh, Lord, it says, so teach us to number our days. So we see that word number. And so uh, we've been doing a lesson on numbers, so I want to try and finish that up tonight. So uh, just do a quick uh, review, of course, uh, of the numbers that we have. The numbers that we have looked at, of course, we looked at uh, the number one, which meant uh, means one of the things or a couple of things is unity or primacy. Uh, can somebody think of uh, something concerning the number one that we mentioned? Anybody remember anything about the number one? Right. Just say there's one. Yes, sister. Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody else real quick? The number one. All right. Okay, now don't say something like my team's number one, okay? That's not what we mean. All right, number one. All right, then uh, some, remember some entering, interesting first, right? Genesis, the first day, first man, and those things, right? The first hallelujahs, so a lot of good ones there. And then we saw the number two, right? Division, separation. So uh, anybody mention something about the number two? Give something about the number two. All right. Uh, it means also means separation and strife. Anybody think of some of the uh, twos in the Bible that uh, represented or had strife? I'll give yes. Cain and Abel. Jacob and Esau. Abraham and Lot. Good ones there. Number two. And then we looked at the number 
three, right? Stood for divinity. So some, anybody give me some, give me some threes. Some three, yes. Right. All right. Another, another three. Right. Three. Man. Right. Body, soul, and spirit. And a lot of th- threes that, uh, that we, uh, we, uh, we deal with, right? I mean, you know, like you look at the sun, the moon, uh, the earth, and things like that. Of course, the three abiding graces the Bible talks about, faith, hope, and charity. Good one. Uh, three primary colors, uh, three periods of time, a few there. Then the number four. Who remembers what the number four dealt with? Right, good. Creation, earth. Uh, one of the first places uh, mentioned is Genesis 2.10, the river of Eden divided into four heads, right? Uh, and then uh, the fourfold division of mankind where it talks about tongues, families, lands, nations, right? right? So we have uh, n- nations, of course, and then the lands uh, of those nations, and then the families, and then the different uh, uh, tongues among those or languages, very good. There's four directions, north, east, south, west, four seasons, spring, summer, autumn, winter. Some good fours. Five. Somebody give me five. I don't mean run up here and give me five. I mean give me five, right? All right. High five. Right. What, what, uh, five, death and grace. So give me something maybe with the number five concerning death. Death. I'll give you an easy one, right? Uh, Goliath. Right? Give me the five in that one. Five, five, five smooth stones. Right? And then uh, grace. Grace. Somebody think of the number grace. Something concerning the number, the grace with the number five. All right, remember there were five offerings in Leviticus. Right? The meal offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering. Burnt offerings and the altar was uh, five by five. Of course, you know there's other other things mentioned there. I like the. I'll give you this five. This is a good one. I like it. Five women in Matthew's genealogy of Christ. Right? Who who remembers who they were? Somebody give me five women. Right. Ruth. Mary. Yes. Tamar and Bathsheba. Tamar and Very good. So some good fives there. And then the number six, man, sinful man, Satan's man. Tell me something about man in the number six. Well, right. Very good. Created on the sixth uh, day. Something else about the number six. Right. The uh, uh, man is to work, what, six days. Gets the seventh day off. Hebrews' servant had to be released after working for six years. And then, of course, uh, Satan's man, right, the number we know that is 666. Remember, it's on every label in your grocery store, so be careful. All right? All right, remember that. All right, and then the number seven, divine spiritual perfection. And I better hurry because the numbers be out tonight. Somebody with the number seven. Well, God rested on the seventh day, right? 
the perfection seen in God's creation, right? Light is visibly refracted into seven colors. There's seven notes in music, right? Uh, the, the seven uh, spirits of God uh, mention the Word of God, right? Uh, of course, there's mention the Lord, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, some of those things. So uh, the Bible talks about the seven churches in Revelation, the seven spirits, seven candlesticks, seven stairs, uh, a star, sorry, seven stars, uh, seven lamps. So a lot of sevens in Revelations, crowns, seven last plagues. So a lot of sevens there, right? And so a lot of, a lot of good, good stuff there. All right. Now we're going to look at some other numbers tonight. And so we're going to start with the number eight. Who knows what the number eight stands for? The number eight. Yes, sir. New beginnings. Right. See, I told that to my, I told that to my kids, right? Renato's having our eighth grandchild, so we know that's the number of new beginnings. I guess Sharon took it literally, right? So start it over again. Of course, then we'll look at number nine in a minute. But I'll just give you a couple for the number eight. It's the number of new beginnings. If the number seven signifies divine perfection and completeness, then eight being what? Seven is complete. Well, you add one to that, you get eight, a new beginning. And so new beginnings, uh, First Peter 3, 2 says this, right? Talking about the flood, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved, right? There were eight people there. And what was that? That was a new beginning for the earth. Eight people on the ark, and that was a new beginning for the earth. Uh, new life. God, uh, right? God commanded the rite of circumcision to be, for, to be performed on the eighth day. And, of course, that's a shadow, a type of the new birth. Colossians 2.11 says this, And whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So a couple of eights there. And then trying to get through this quickly. The number nine. Well, fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. So uh, a nice thought there. If there's any significance in the number nine, it would be seen in the total of nine things. A lot of times when you look at nine, you see nine things grouped together. So let me show you some things in the Bible where nine things are grouped together. Well, go over to Galatians chapter five. Galatians, what do we have in Galatians chapter 5? The what? The fruits of the Spirit. Well, let's notice that. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Right? What do we see? We see what it says right here. Galatians 5, 22, 23. The fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Right? We see the nine fruits of the Spirit. And uh, when you uh, look in, uh, so there's the nine fruits of the Spirit. Then there's the ninth year of, of fruitfulness. Right? So uh, if you, I won't take time to read it, but if you read in Leviticus uh, 25, when the Lord tells them how to take care of the land, right? He says what? Was it say plant for six years? It says what? Rest the seventh year. Plan again the eighth year, new beginnings, and then 
When did they get fruit again? The ninth year. So, right, man works for six years, right? Work for six, rest the seventh, right? And then uh, eight, they get to sow the seed again. Then ninth, they get to uh, enjoy the fruits again. So you see that when you, Leviticus 25, if you want to look at that, turn over to Matthew chapter 5. What do we have in Matthew chapter 5? Who knows? The Beatitudes, right? The Beatitudes. So young people didn't say get an attitude. It said Beatitudes, right? Matthew chapter 5. And so if you read through Matthew chapter 5, in verses 3 through 11, you see the Beatitudes. I'll just mention them quickly. But how many we have? We say, it says what? The poor in spirit, they that mourn, the meek, they which thirst and hunger after righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted, and then it talks about when men revile you. So we see nine things mentioned there in the Beatitudes. So it's sort of interesting. There's it mentions nine things in the Beatitudes, and they're the nine fruits of uh, the Spirit. So, so you see some groups of nine, right? Uh, and so he's talking about bearing fruit, right? The Holy Spirit bear these fruits in you. And then in your, talk, your attitude, you know, nine uh, ways to have a, a, a good attitude or be used to the Lord and things. So uh, great thought there. All right, number 10. Hope you're writing some of these down. Be quick, but I want to I want to get these in. But to me, it's just interesting. Ten is also completion. Ten is the number of digits upon a man's hand or foot. The basis of the decimal system it is associated with man, particularly the Gentile, particularly the Gentile. Right. And so ten. Let me give you the number ten as it relates to things of God. 10 as it relates to things of God. Well, let's start with this. How many commandments are there in Exodus 20? We always talk about the 10 commandments, right? The Bible talks to us about when we uh, give to the Lord a, what's tithe means what? A tenth. And then the tabernacle in the wilderness, when it talks about the, the curtains. Let me give you some verses from Exodus 26 and 27, we talked about the tabernacle in the wilderness. Exodus 26, 1 says this, Moreover, thou shalt make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen and blue and purple and scarlet. Well, you study that, what each of those colors means. It's always a blessing. With cherubims, cunning work shalt thou make them. So we see the ten curtains. Then in verse 15 of Exodus 26, Thou shalt make boards for the tabernacle of Shittim wood, standing up ten cubits shall be the length of the board. Ten cubits shall be the length of the board, and a cubit and a half be the breadth of one board. Then Exodus 21, 12, And for the breadth of the court on the west side shall be hanging of fifty cubits, their pillars ten, and their sockets ten. So you see the number ten uh, mentioned uh, several times in the building of the tabernacle. Ten curtains, ten cubits, ten, ten pillars, ten sockets. And then ten as it relates to the affairs of mankind in the Word of God. Ten as it relates to the affairs of mankind. Well, before the flood, right? Before the flood, um, who was the first man? Right. Uh, first generation, 
was Adam. And who was the last generation before the flood? We just mentioned that. Noah. And if you read down through there, right, if you go Adam, then Seth, and then follow it down, right, to Enoch and Methuselah, right, and then uh, all that, and then, was it Lamech, then Noah, right? You have 10 generations, 10 generations uh, before the flood. Genesis 10.10 records the first Gentile kingdom, Right? And then, of course, when you get into Daniel and you look at the image of Nebuchadnezzar, right? and it talks about the ten toes right? of, uh, in, in the, the, the dream and the image uh, that Nebuchadnezzar saw, right? that they represent, those represent the final or completed form of Gentile power, right? the ten toes. Also, when Daniel's mentioned, uh, this prophecy is reinforced by Daniel's vision of a dreadful and terrible beast, which had ten horns. Of course, when you study Daniel, you also what? study Revelation. So in Daniel, it talks about the beast with the ten horns, and then also in Revelations. And then Revelation, it talks about the completion or consummation of Gentile dominion will be in the form of ten kingdom confederations. So you see the number ten uh, there and, and some of the things dealing with uh, the, the, the Gentile age or Gentile uh, nations. Very interesting. So 10 has a lot to do with the Gentiles. Well, besides the Gentiles, there's what? The Jews, Israel. And of course, now what number do you think pertains to a lot with the Jews? What number would have to do with them a lot? The Jews. 12. Very good. So we'll look at the number 12. It has a lot to do with Israel or even government, Israel or government. The number 12 figures much in relationship to the nation of Israel and matters of government. Of course, we know there's, of course, 12 tribes of Israel, right? And this number is found many times in the Bible relative to Israel. So we know there were the 12 tribes of Israel. And then Moses, right, when he, he appointed the 12 princes, there, when you study the book of Judges, between Othniel and Samson, there were 12 judges mentioned. And then Solomon, he appointed 12 officers that he set in his kingdom. The millennial altar, if you read about in Ezekiel 43, the millennial altar will, have, will, will be 12 cubits square. Uh, Genesis 12 we read about the first Hebrew, Exodus 12, the Israelites leave Egypt. And uh, I know we read this before, but, you know, multiples of 12. I think we read this first the other day, but I want to read again. Revelation 7, 4, Revelation 7, 4 says this. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed and 144,000 of all the tribes of Israel. So how does 144,000 tie into the number 12? Somebody raise your hand. All right, one of you young people, one of you young people who's good at math, right? How does 144,000 tie into the number 12? You got that, Isaiah? Huh? Oh, you know it? All right, Isaiah. 12 times 12, right? Or 12 with a little two up, right? 12 times 12 is 144,000. I got Isaiah to answer something. 
All right, make sure that's on record up there. Make sure you got that recording. That's right, 12 times 12 is 144,000. Man, I'm happy tonight, Isaiah. You said something to me. I'll have him praying in no time. Very good. Now, in pertaining to government, in pertaining to government, well, we talked about uh, there, you know, Jacob, in, 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 uh, as far as concerning Israel, right, had the 12 sons, became the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, we come into the New Testament. How many disciples or apostles did Jesus choose? He chose 12. Very good. All right. And then, according to Revelation 21, if you want to look there, right, let's read this together when we talk about the new Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem, Revelation 21, right? Talking about the New Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Revelation 21. Revelation 21 and verses 12 through 16. Notice what it says here, 12 through 16. Revelation 21, and I and had a wall. Talking about coming down. Well, uh, verse 10, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was likened to a stone, most precious, even like a jasper, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had what? Twelve gates, and the gates, twelve gates. And at the gates, 12 angels and names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And on, on the east, look, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he talked with me and had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. See the number 12 again. The length and the breadth and the height are equal. And then verse 21 says, And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold as it were transparent Glass. So you see a lot of 12s there concerning the new uh, Jerusalem. Very interesting. And accord, according to Revelation 22, right? Right? There's going to be that tree of life. How many fruit is the tree of life going to bear? 12. 12 manner of fruit. And of course, in our year, there are what? 12 months. Right? We, have, we know there's 24 hours in a day, but it's normally divided into right, the two parts, 12 hours by day and the 12 by night. So you see a lot of 12s and, uh, connected there with Israel and other things in the Word of God. And then there's that number 13. And what's, what's, what does that stand for? Right? Oh, yeah. That's when the kids start acting up, right? Right? 13. Because 13 is the number of what? You say chameleon or no, rebellion, right? <laughs> the rebellion, they act like rebellion. And do you want to you want to you want a verse that sort of shows that? Genesis 14, 4. All right. Somebody read that. Who wants to read Genesis 14, 4? Go. Somebody stand and read that. Genesis 14, 4. 
I'm just going to read that. Genesis 14, 4. Uh, Genesis is your first book of the Bible. All right. Go to your uh, table of contents if you need to. Yep. In the 13th year, they rebelled. Well, I always think about it this way. 13, what's the number of man? What's the number of God? Right, right. When you got man interfering with God, when you got six interfering with seven, right? <laughs> That's when you get a lot of rebellion. The number 13 is most often associated with bad things. Let me give you some things uh, quickly. There are 13 vices. I, I want you to see this one. Turn over to Mark 7. I thought this one is interesting. Mark 7. Mark 7. All right? Talking about rebellion. This is, a, this is a good verse. You want to show somebody? Look at the 13, look at the vices that come from the heart of man. Matthew, Mark 7, beginning verse 21, says this. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed, okay, one, evil thoughts. Two, adulteries. Three, fornications. Four, murders. Five, thefts. Six, covetousness. Seven, wickedness. Eight, deceit. Nine, lasciviousness. Uh, Ten, an evil eye. Eleven, blasphemy. Twelve, pride. And thirteen, foolishness. Thought that was interesting. All these evil things. Come from within and defile the man. Talking about 13 vices that come from the heart of man. And of course, these things, when you let them out, you're rebelling against God. Uh, the word dragon occurs 13 times in the book of Revelation. The curse of the law is given in Gen Galatians 3.13. Haman worked his wicked scheme on the 13th day. And you talk, when you read about the kings of Judah, seven were good, 13 were wicked. So some interesting 13s in the Word of God. And uh, let us uh, finish up with a number that, uh, right, the last year of your youth is your, what, Brother Adam? <laughs> See, he's acting 13, rebellious, right? 40. 40, probation, testing. Yeah, that's about how long I was on probation. Right. This number is associated with trials and periods of waiting. All right, now Genesis 7, 12. Genesis 7, 12 says this. Genesis, and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, I know it says 40 days and 40 nights, but it could have been somewhere between 39 and 42. That's, a, that's a, an inside joke. All right, could have been between 39 and 42, but it says 40 days and 40 nights. The life of Moses. Now, Moses lived to be what? How old was Moses when he died? 120. And his, but when you look at his life, it's divided into three periods of 40. When you read Acts 7, let me give you some verses that talks about that. It says, Acts 7, 22 says, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. And when he was a full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brother and the children of Israel, right? And that's when he killed the man. And then he had to flee. He was 40 years old. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. So he 
40 years being uh, raised in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, and then 40 years uh, leading the nation of Israel. So interesting set of 40s there. And then when Moses was on the mount, he was there, what, 40 days and 40 nights? 39 to 42, right? 40 days and 40 nights. And Israel wandered in the wilderness how long? 40 years, right? 40 years. And we talked about Goliath a moment ago. How long did he challenge Israel? 40 days, 40 days, right? And then Elisha, remember uh, when he, uh, you know, he had that great moment on, on Mount Carmel. And, you know, he, and I think about it, he, he, he faced all those men. Was it, uh, how many uh, prophets were there? Like 400 and something altogether, 250 and something else. Like, you know, he went against 400 and something men and the nation of Israel and one woman got him to run away. Right. Remember, Jezebel came after him. Right. And then he fled to the cave. And then it says uh, he went there. And then remember, uh, 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 well, before he went there, the angel had come to him in First Kings 19, 7 and uh Eight, it says this, and the angel Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of the meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. So he, 40 days and 40 nights. And then Jonah, when he went against Nineveh, remember? Of course, we know that Jonah rebelled. And then when he finally got out there and preached to Nineveh, what does it say? Jonah 3, 4. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And then one of the last times we uh, then seeing a 40 in the New Testament, well, when Jesus was, uh, he, he fasted, how long? 40 days and 40 nights. So we see some interesting things uh, about those numbers. You know, like I said, it's interesting to study. You want to get, you know, too deep. Some people take it and then they try to, you know, spin things with it. But just, you know, let the Bible say what it says and teach what it teaches about those numbers. And so it's interesting to see that, you know, when you're studying the Word of God and understand some of that stuff, you know. Oh, you know, there's a one or there's a seven or, you know, the, the, see that number 13 and we see the number six or we see the number 40 and especially threes, you know, threes, right? Three days and three nights. You just study that three days and three nights, things that happen three days, you know, uh, in, in the word of God. So a lot of interesting things and ways to study uh, the word of God with those uh, numbers. So I hope that uh, simple lesson, I know we just highlighted some stuff, but I hope that it was uh, interesting to you and a blessing. Let's pray.